It's Wednesday, July the 8th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, Bolsonaro tests positive and America fixes to leave the WHO. First, the world in brief. Jair Bolsonaro, Brazil's president, said he had tested positive for the coronavirus. He has consistently played down the risks of the virus and clashed with regional governors who maintained local lockdowns, which he says damaged the economy. Mr Bolsonaro says he was tested after mild symptoms, a cough and a low fever, and is perfectly well. President Donald Trump gave formal notice to the World Health Organization of America's withdrawal, a decision he announced in May. Mr Trump thinks the WHO is too cosy with China and sometimes blames it for the pandemic. The withdrawal is scheduled to happen in exactly one year. However, Joe Biden, currently favoured to win the presidency in November, is against it. And the WHO conceded that airborne transmission of the coronavirus cannot be ruled out, in response to a letter signed by 239 scientists, citing evidence that exhaled aerosols spread the infection. The embattled organisation had maintained that the virus is spread predominantly via larger droplets, which sink to the ground. Changing that view will have implications for social distancing guidelines. Melbourne, Australia's second largest city, will reinstate lockdown measures from midnight on Wednesday for six weeks. On Monday, 191 new COVID-19 cases were identified in the state of Victoria after it lifted many restrictions in June. People in its capital will be allowed to leave their homes only to buy necessities, exercise and go to work if they cannot do so remotely. The European Commission lowered its economic growth forecasts for the EU as coronavirus-induced lockdowns continued for longer than expected. It reckons GDP will fall by 8.3% this year and rise by 5.8% next year, down from its forecasts in May of minus 7.4% and 6.1%. The forecasts, however, are contingent on a further easing of lockdowns and on avoiding a second wave of infections. Samsung Electronics reported preliminary profits of 8.1 trillion won, $6.8 billion for the second quarter of the year, 23% higher than for the period a year earlier. Strong sales in the South Korean company's chip division, driven by employees working from home on personal computers during the pandemic, together with one-off gains from its screens and monitors business, offset weak demand for smartphones and televisions. And Luis Abinader, a businessman who has never before held high office, gained an assailable lead in the Dominican Republic's presidential election, bringing to an end 16 years of rule by the centre-left Dominican Liberation Party. Of Caribbean countries, it is one of the hardest hit by the coronavirus. The election was originally due to take place in May. And now, here's today's agenda. Pandemic pageantry. AMLO meets Trump. Mexico's president, Andres Manuel López Obrador, loves to travel. He has racked up 140,000 kilometres traversing his country and meeting voters. But today's meeting with Donald Trump in Washington marks the first time he has left Mexico since becoming president in 2018 and he is facing flack for it. A pandemic is raging at home with more than 32,000 confirmed deaths, and a recession is rapidly worsening. His visit to America in campaign season to a man who has insulted Mexico like few before looks like an attempt to dole out a political favour to a fellow populist, especially since Mr López Obrador will not meet Mr Trump's challenger, Joe Biden. The summit is officially to celebrate the USMCA trade pact between America, Mexico and Canada. But all eyes will be on the two masters of political theatre, Justin Trudeau was invited, but declined. He said he was a little busy at the moment. George Floyd's legacy. Minneapolis reflects on the police. 
Residents of Minneapolis get a say on the future of policing today after their council unanimously voted in late June to rewrite the city's charter by removing mention of the police force from it. A commission on amending the charter is now considering the plan and has invited public comments. After the murder of George Floyd, an African-American who was killed by a policeman kneeling on his neck in May, protesters had demanded the police be defunded or replaced. On June 26th, the council voted to create a community safety department in place of the police. It would include many unarmed staff, such as specialists in mental health and fewer armed ones. The city's mayor, Jacob Fry, opposes the plan as impractical. Instead, he wants to improve the way police operate. The commission says it will complete its work in time to put a proposal before voters in November. Foreign Competition The WTO seeks a new leader. Today is the deadline to nominate the next Director General of the World Trade Organization, WTO. The roster of candidates already looks impressive. Ngozio Kodryowela of Nigeria is a political heavyweight, and the others, including Jesus Sayade of Mexico, have decades of experience between them. The process will reflect the state of the trading system more generally. Candidates will make grand pledges to mediate between America and China, or help the WTO write new trade rules. But the reality is that the organisation can only move as far as its members want, and often that is not very far at all. Correspondingly, a successful candidate will not be the one who can inspire members to rally behind their positive agenda, but rather the one who offends them the least. And finally, expectations are set so low that if they can agree on anyone, it will be hailed as a triumph. Here comes the sun. Britain's non-budget budget. Rishi Sunak, the Chancellor of the Exchequer, will today deliver what the Treasury is dubbing a summer update on economic policy. Technically, it is not a budget, which would have to be accompanied by policy costings from the Office for Budget Responsibility, a fiscal watchdog. But legislative nuances aside, it will sound and feel like one. Many of the initiatives have been pre-announced. A £3 billion, $3.7 billion package of green investment, £1.5 billion to bail out theatres and other cultural venues, as well as a large increase in frontline job centre staff to help those out of work into employment. The government's economic strategy is moving from trying to preserve the economy via cheap loans and furlough schemes to giving growth a boost through more targeted fiscal expansion. The centrepiece of today's speech will be support for the hard-hit retail and hospitality sectors, either through a reduction in value-added tax or a voucher scheme for consumers. Power Struggle Commerce Bank under new management Today's meeting of the supervisory board of Germany's Commerce Bank, still struggling to recover from the financial crisis of 2007 to 2009, will seal the departure of both Martin Zekel, its chief executive, and Stefan Schmidtmann, its chairman. The conclave may also decide on the replacement for one or both of them. Under pressure from Cerberus Capital Management, an American private equity firm that is the second biggest shareholder in the lender, the German government is the largest with a 15% shareholding, the duo resigned on Friday. In a letter last month, Cerberus slammed Mr. Zekel's restructuring plan and demanded two seats on the bank's supervisory board. The strongest internal contenders for Mr. Zekel's job are Roland Buckhout, head of corporate client, and Bettina Orlop, the chief financial officer, but the board may look outside. Whoever is chosen will have a tough job. The latest restructuring plan reportedly involves up to 10,000 job cuts. Finally, Here's the quote of the day from Jean de La Fontaine, who was born on this day in 1621. People must help one another. It is nature's law. 
that's it from The Economist morning briefing available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.